Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I don't know if you've ever felt like you are just surviving your life. I know I have, and that's why I created this space. I want to help you move from surviving to thriving. My goal is to help you get unstuck and actually enjoy your life. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips and always point you to Jesus. So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. I'm sitting here with Natalie Hickson. She is a mom to three girls, so we have that in common. She's also a certified professional life coach who helps discourage Christian moms overcome destructive anger and burnout. And I have to tell you, as Natalie and I had been connecting a few weeks ago, trying to figure out if we could get this podcast going, she had emailed me. I'd been in summer vacation mode. She emailed me this one day where I really had just lost it on one of my kids. Like it was just one of those like low, low moments in parenting. And so I get this email shortly after that uh, from Natalie. Hey, do you want to talk about anger? I was like, um, okay, God, is that you? So I just want to start off saying, um, we get it there. Um, I love that Natalie and I are going to share about Uh, just anger being normal, that it is a normal part of life, but also really happens in motherhood. And so if you have felt like, hey, I've been really angry at my kids and actually nobody knows, I just want to say this is a safe space for you. And Natalie and I are just going to dive in. So Natalie, thank you for being here. Tell me a little bit more about yourself and um, a little more about your story with anger in motherhood. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so, yep, I have three girls. We have um, 18, 14, and 10 are their ages. And uh, we live in Bozeman, Montana. So my story started out as a child with my parents. They're both reactive. They were loud. The way they processed anger was yelling, screaming, slamming doors. And um, so that's kind of what I grew up recognizing. That's how we deal with anger. (laughs) And fast forward to me marrying my high school sweetheart, Mike. Um, When we moved in together after we got married, uh, the fight started. And I can remember screaming at him and he would just be sitting there really quiet. (laughs) I can be, I I remember going, why won't you just scream at me? (laughs) Why are you yelling back? You know, it's like, this is not normal, (laughs) which is crazy because we've been dating for five years and by the time we got married, but it just didn't really, until we're moving together, did not really see this huge difference. And he's just like, that's not how I deal with it. You know, I'm like, "Uh, something's not normal here. Like that started to kind of really sink in. And I knew there was a challenge with how I was treating him, but I didn't know that there was a way to fix it. And I can even remember being afraid to have kids because I was like, if, I, if I'm this angry with my husband, how am I going to be with kids? Um, but inevitably, we had kids. A couple of years later, we had Enya. And when she was about two, um, you would find me and Enya, could find me and Enya, Um, behind closed doors, both of us screaming, throwing toddler fits on the floor. I'd be screaming at her, crying, um, belittling her. I would leave bruises on her arm and bruises on her butt, um, little handprints on her butt. I was very abusive. 
um, and very scary. And at that point, again, I was like, this isn't okay, but I didn't know there was a way to fix it. And I started to put it onto Enya. Like, if you would just listen to me, if Enya would just do what I say, then I wouldn't get so angry, right? I wasn't taking that responsibility yet. And I still, again, was just like, there's no way, you know, like I would go to sleep at night going, I'm not going to yell at her. I'm not going to yell at her. And the next day I'd get upset. Um, so uh, a, a big moment for me was when we brought her second, our second kiddo home, Sky. Um, I was nursing her one night and Enya was throwing an epic fit. Mike was trying to put her to bed. And I'm in a room with the door shut and I'm hearing this go on. All of a sudden, I'm just getting more and more angry. And finally, I just scream at the top of my lungs for Enya to shut up. And Sky pops off, looks at me with this horrible face and starts crying. And I was like, oh, that's it. Something has to change. And my thought was, Enya needs to go to therapy. <laughs> All right, I'm still not taking this. And so, I, I think part of it was I wasn't ready to take responsibility. And the other part was I didn't think there was a way for me to change because of all the times I told myself, I'm not going to get angry tomorrow and I would still do it, right? It just felt like an ever ending battle for me. So we took her to the therapist and after she observed Enya, she talked to me and Mike alone and she said, Enya is a perfectly normal child for her age and development. I kind of chuckled and like, well, yeah, you're not home with her. Of course, you're going to think that she's great for everybody else. And she's like, yeah, Natalie, you're the one who needs to be in here. And it was just one of those, okay, wait, what? <laughs> but deep down inside, I was like, thank you, God, somebody's finally telling me that there might be hope for me. And of course, my husband's sitting here relieved because he also was watching all of this. He was not blind to what was going on in our house. So um, four years later, I left therapy and it had helped me understand a lot about me and my family history, but I still was yelling at my kids. And so it was frustrating to get to that point and still have these patterns, <clears throat> but I continued to walk forward. That therapy got the ball rolling for me. And then through some personal things, um, trying to start and run a business, I wanted to run an online business from home and I tried all the things and things kept failing and through those failures, I would have to grow through that and continue to rely on God. And, and so personally, I was growing. And as you grow personally, God's working on your heart, you're walking with him. He continues to lead you through these different challenges to help you grow and it makes you a better person right I'm building patience I'm building gentleness um, the fruits of the spirit are growing in that season and he led me into life coaching school Christian life coaching school and in there that was an awesome experience because I'm learning how to listen and I'm learning how to coach you're being coached and you're coaching and one of the really cool things out of that experience was our um, the gal who was teaching us she was very adamant. She said, um, spend daily time with the Lord. That That's one of the most important things that you can do. And so that's where my habit of daily walk, the daily walk with the Lord started. And I did start to see a bigger shift in me in that point. And I started to rely more on him, getting to that place where after coaching, I came to a place of, Lord, your desires, not my desires, your will, not my will. And that was one of the hardest prayers to pray, actually. Because I wanted all this, I wanted so much more different than where I'm at today. I wanted this 
fancy lifestyle and these kids to be, you know, just, I wanted the perfect looking house and the perfect family and all the things. And he continued to work on my heart. And as I continued to grow in that and shed these layers, um, I noticed that the relationship between me and the kids had been shifting and changing and it had become more healthy. So ended up doing a podcast with a friend about anger, mom anger. And it was at that point that, um, cause we'd shared our story with just personally together. And she's like, get on my podcast, you gotta talk about this. And it was at that point that mom started calling like, okay, wait, <laughs> you can help me work through this. And honestly, it's been working with clients. that's just brought me to another level on how to work through and process these negative emotions and, and destructive anger. So good. Well, I love that you are coming at this with so much experience. First of all, your own experience of being like, like, I think there's, there's a lot of um, authority and wisdom that comes as we have walked through things ourselves. So you've gone through that. Um, but then you also have all this experience of walking through other moms with their own um, anger challenges. And so I love that you're, you're bringing not only your own story, but so many other stories. And so, um, yeah, I, I'm excited to dive in. I feel like this is something that, um, as a parent, everybody can relate to on some level. Um, I remember hearing this line that was like, you don't know how selfish you are until you get married and you don't know how angry you are until you have kids. And I know for myself, um, it was my oldest as well, where I was like, I, I know that I would, I would scream and I would get same thing as you where I'd be like, I guess my only option here is to spank. I guess like this is, I mean, the poor four first kids who really we were growing as parents yeah. with them. Um, and not to say that that means that the third kid, is, it's so much easier um, because they're unique and they have different challenges. And um, and anger can also come out in different ways. It's not just the, I've heard you talk about this before, not just the raging or screaming. Well, we can talk about this later, the passive yeah. um, anger. There's other ways that it will come out. Um, but ultimately what you're sharing in this whole thing is that God really began to work on your heart. It was the one-on-one -on -one time with him. And, you know, that I think is, that's ultimately the message um, in my book and course, Tangled, as well. I often um, say to people that um, my, my book tricks people, it doesn't actually trick people, but into spending time with God, um, because that's part of the, the homework, the life work. And, and we're so busy and go, go, go that we don't often, unless we have that as a regular habit and rhythm, we don't tend to do that or prioritize that we have so many distractions yeah. so you know I think right off the hop if that's something that people are um, feeling like is there hope for me absolutely there is hope and ultimately it's going to be found in Christ as he's going to change us um, so let's just talk about the emotion of anger first off so mm -hmm. we often feel like there's a lot of shame around anger um, tell me is anger a bad thing um, just unpack that a little bit for me. Yeah. So I like to define two things with anger. There's destructive anger and there's normal, healthy anger, right? 
And healthy anger is that frustration, that angry feeling that we're getting. And the healthy part of that is when we stop and go, what's going on here? It's there to trigger us to tune in and go, hey, something's not right. And it needs to move us to an action. Often, if we've never dealt with our anger in a healthy way, it moves us to a destructive action instead of a productive action, right? So the destructive behavior we have is when we're um, trying to manipulate or control or protect ourselves in a situation. Often, you know, you kind of talked about a little bit, but when um, I have moms like me who've grown up in an environment where they, it was a reactive environment, right? But I have many moms who come to me and say, I was never angry till I became a mom. I, I didn't experience anything like this when my parents were raising me, you know, what's the deal? And, and part of that is a coping mechanism that we see, you know, we raise our voice once to our toddler and we get their attention. We're like, that worked really, really well. Right. <laughs> and then we'll continue to get into that, especially when we're tired and we're overwhelmed and, and we get more busy and distracted. It just yelling is one of the number one frustrations that moms come to me about. Um, and it's just because it seems to work when we get to a high enough decibel, but we have to keep getting higher and higher, right? It just keeps getting worse and worse. <laughs> so that destructive anger though, let's just define some of the things that can look like yelling, screaming and rage, um, spanking or hitting or squeezing, that physical, um, it can be throwing things, it can be slamming a door. Um, man, I, every door jam in our house, my husband screwed in because us girls, when we get angry, we'll slam a door. And I'll just stop right there for a second. There's an energy release with anger, okay? So when you cry what ha or when you're sad, what happens? You cry. When you're disgusted, you might like, ugh, gross, or like kind of roll your eyes, right? Um, when you are happy, you'll laugh, you'll giggle, giggle. When you're afraid, you'll, there's many different responses with that. You could get palms sweaty, you could, you know, start to sweat, get heart starts racing. With anger, we have a physical release there too. We have a physical reaction. Um, and so in our house, it's like, okay, one door slam, no big deal. <laughs> More than that, we start to be like, okay, y'all, what else can we do to release the anger? Um, so I just wanted to, to throw that in there. But the point being, um, when we're using that that destructiveness, that being scary and loud, um, the healthy part of anger, you're just feeling frustrated. You might stomp your foot. You might slam one door. Um, you might just be a little more loud. You might raise your voice. So there's like, that's kind of the normal mom anger, right? I don't know a mom who hasn't raised her voice at her kids, whether it was because they were afraid, which is a lot of times the case. We're afraid we see our child hit another child and we're like, stop, you know, <laughs> kind of panic. Uh, but there's also the frustration when they're not listening or things are feeling like they're out of control and we get into that place of destructiveness. Um, so that's really how I define the two different parts of anger and that we have to recognize anger and sadness and fear um, and disgust and joy. Like all of those things are there for us to kind of tune in and then look up, right? We'll talk about working through that destructive or that angry moment in a minute. Um, so when we are, when we let this go, like I had done in the beginning of mine, um, my relationship with my kids and, and the beginning of my journey, 
the guilt is what would start to create the spiral. And it wouldn't be just a spiral, like a hamster wheel spiral, right? Because I would scream and I'd lose it. And then I'd start to feel terrible. And then I'd be upset and, and upset at myself. And then I'd be like, I'm not going to do that again. And I'm still in this negative place. And then something happens and I do it again. I'm like, what is wrong with me, right? <laughs> and, and that's exactly where the enemy wants us. He wants us in that spiral where we're just sitting in this negative place where we can't seem to get out and that there's no hope. And then it takes us deeper and deeper to the place where I can remember, man, if I just left my family, you know, they'd be better off without me. I'd be happier without them. Things would be so much better if I wasn't here. And, and there was multiple thoughts. Sometimes there was suicidal thoughts. Sometimes there were thoughts of just wanting to move and get away and go, you know, I wanted to be in New York city by myself, you know, <laughs> and, and not that that's funny, but it was just, that's where I was. And that's where exactly where the enemy wanted to keep me. Right. Cause if he could move me into those directions, he would win, but God was stronger than that. And so he brought me out through again, some of the things I'm going to teach you as well, but and just walking with him daily because he is the one who changes our heart. And often, you know, we'll ask the question, I can remember this myself, Lord, you gave me these kids and, and I'm pretty sure I accepted you as my savior, but I'm starting to doubt my salvation because when I accept you, I have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit has the fruits of the spirit and I got none of those, right? So I would doubt my salvation. I would doubt that I'd accepted him and that and question why God would even give me kids. Like you, you totally put me on the wrong path here. I'm pretty sure of it, Lord, you know? And, and so as I continue to walk with him, I recognize when you read the verse, which unfortunately I'm not great at memorizing, so I don't have it memorized, but you know, the fruits of the spirit, it's not that he just hands over a fruit basket and says, here you go. <laughs> no, he's handing you over a packet of seeds when you accept the spirit. And it, and it takes you cultivating that, <clears throat> those seeds with the sun, right? With Jesus, with the spirit, I kind of look at it as water. God is the gardener. He's tending to your garden and the storms, the challenges, what happens to plants when the storms hit? Sometimes they get knocked down and sometimes their roots, often like trees, those roots go stronger and stronger. So they're deeper, right? We're deeper into the word and we're fertilized by the word of the Lord. So we grow those fruits of the spirits. And that's what was happening to me in my journey as I continued after that therapy, right? I started walking into this time where the Lord was cultivating those, those fruits and, and they're still young fruits. I am nowhere near perfect, right? But he's still here cultivating and cultivating those with him. So really it's, it's taking that time and working with him and watching and he, he will bring you out of that spiral. He'll bring you out of the guilt and shame. So that's kind of where, where it goes. And, and then I'll talk about in a minute, I've been talking a lot. So I'll you ask me a question if you have one, but we'll talk about what do we do in the heat of the moment? How do we work with the mom guilt? How do we recover when we do blow it? Yeah, so good. Well, I love like you were sharing um, the difference between kind of the destructive anger and kind of the healthier anger. And so I think we um, we can all have those times in parenthood where we get um, almost where we can't believe we've gotten that angry, but it feels like this, this is my only um, 
the only thing I could do to get their attention. This is the only thing I could do or, or things had been really growing and you shared about some of the reasons why we can get there, whether it's, you know, we're just trying to get their attention. Um, whether we have, I know for me, it's sometimes been different times where it's hormones or stress. Yeah. We're trying to get out the door, right? Anything else that feels like an extra stressful um, moment. I know when I've had times where I'm trying to plan something. So if I'm trying to plan a birthday party or I'm planning another event or or I know a lot of people can relate to this, you're on a Zoom work call or something else. Like you're trying to do something, but your kids are home because, you know, they've been home from school or whatever the situation might be. There's this stress bubble. And so there, we definitely can tip over to that place of um, the the rage and um, I love as, as you were sharing that, um, you know, ultimately it's going to be God who's cultivating those good things in our life, but we also have to really face, um, turn, kind of turn and face the, what is currently going on, right? Like it's almost like the, um, I like to, I like to say it's, it's kind of like that we can't really fix the things that we're not acknowledging. And you talked about this in your story where you were blaming your daughter for everything and it was like, well, she has to change. And I that's also part of my story is the blame game where it's like, if only my husband and his job would change, if only this situation or circumstance would change, if only my kids behave. And then there's this point where you realize, you know what, some of those things would be great to change. I actually have no control over those things changing. I do, however, have control over myself. I And there's a verse that I really identified with. Again, we're both going to throw out verses that we're like, where, where is this one? Um, <laughs> I know the fruit of the spirit is Galatians 5.22, but I think this one is Proverbs 14, where it just talks about the um, woman who basically tears down her own house mm. with her hands. And yeah. that was a verse for me years ago where I had this moment where I was like, oh, like I'm, I'm tearing down my house. I am the one who is doing this. And yes, they, they have issues. There's things that, that everybody needs to do in my house to change, but it actually has to start with me. And um, I heard a woman say that as a mom, like you're the CEO of the house and you're really setting the tone, you're setting the atmosphere. And so um, for me, it was that place of, okay, God, like we need to get to work in my heart. We need to change. I'm going to acknowledge the places that um, that aren't healthy, right? Places that I'm either either losing it from a destructive anger place or um, the passive anger. And so can you unpack what that kind of passive anger looks like? Because I think that's something that we might not necessarily know about. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if we're reactors, you're like, oh, yeah, we totally identify with some of those you know, reactive things that I've talked about. Um, but I don't know. I think that reactors can experience this as well, but there are definitely people who are more passive aggressive, right? And I think at some point they'll explode a bit too. So like, I don't know that there's like one or the other, but we'll tend towards one, right? Because you get my husband hot enough, he will explode. <laughs> but it takes a long time. Um, so passive aggressive behavior, that is like silent treatment, right? Um, walk just walking off turning off and walking off not even like expressing hey I need to calm down we're just gonna or something I would do is get in the car and just take off and leave my husband and the kids and not say where I was going 
Um, there's snarkiness. There's those like teasing, but not really teasing. Um, there can be some like obvious leaving out of the child without speaking to them or the husband even, um, or anyone, whatever. So that passive aggressiveness is really just kind of trying to silently manipulate somebody else um, to do or feel like, I'm not okay with you and you need to know it. And I'm going to give you the cold shoulder to let you know, or I'm going to make these snide remarks, let you know, belittling or, and threats too. I was going to say, so like empty threats as well, where yeah. it's like, well, I'm going to, and so um, Natalie and I may or may not have been talking hypothetically this morning about <laughs> one, of, one of my children who, who is pushing a lot of buttons. And, um, and so for sure this morning, like some of those things you were, you were just talking about, I was like, Ooh, I may be, I may be guilty of those. Like she has a birthday party today. And I was like, I'll cancel your birthday party. Like that's not going to happen. Um, but it's funny because hearing you say those things, as you say them, I'm like, those are incredibly childish behaviors. Mm. Like they're childish when you say them, but sometimes you get in this moment and the way I picture it is it's like I'm being squeezed. Mm -hmm. And so it's like there's this pressure and I'm being squeezed and things come out of my mouth. And sometimes you're like, where did this thing come from? So what, whether it's the, you know, um, childish things or the, the rage things or the things that you're like, I can't believe that came out. And for me, one of my, I want to just say this because sometimes we can say things and we feel like, I can't believe I said that. I feel so much shame. I'm the worst person ever. And so I want to say two different things. One, um, one of my favorite verses is Matthew 12, 34 that says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm -hmm. So when things come out, we can feel like, Ugh, like I feel terrible. But I like to think about it like something has come out, therefore, now we know what to deal with because it's come out through our words. We now know what's in our heart. And that's where we can deal with it with Jesus. And so mm -hmm. if you've had things come out, it's like, yeah, that's that's a bit gross. And it's it's not something we want to be saying, but it's a good thing because now we know what to deal with with Jesus. So that's mm -hmm. my encouragement for you. If you feel like we've all been there, we've all said things um, and we get the chance to not only make amends with the people who we've spoken over, so our kids our spouse or whoever, um, but also with God. And so let's just go to the next step where it's like, okay, we're, we've identified kind of some of the destructive anger, passive anger. Now I've, you know, I have been in this place where one of those two has come out with my kid. What is the next step? Like, what do I do to move forward from this moment? Yeah. So um, first of all, anger is not something you can get rid of, right? You could cut your arm off easier than you could ever get rid of anger because it's just intrinsically part of our design that we can't get rid of. So when we recognize that anger is okay, because it's just part of who we are, God has anger. It is righteous anger and his anger moves to justice, right? And so a lot of times what happens is this moms will get into this idea, especially in the heat of the moment, that we're justified for the anger that we're having. And so it'll feel like, ah, oh, this is okay that I'm angry. You need to know that that's not okay, right? 
Um, but we we don't want to be abusive. We don't want to be destructive. And if we do go to go to that point, we want to be able to recover and restore our relationship with whoever we did get upset with. So, hey, I have not arrived. Already told you this earlier. Yesterday, I was a total bear. We are about ready to walk into completely ripping up our kitchen. And it is overwhelming with everyone starting school and sports and all the things. And I'm like, what are we doing in this in September for? <laughs> and I was just a total bear. I said a few bad words. I yelled a bit. I slammed a door. It was not a pretty sight yesterday. And at the end of the day, when we all sat together as a family to pray and talk, I was there going, y'all, I was not okay today. I am so sorry for anything that I said or did to hurt any of you. Please forgive me. You know, and they all, they all, because of where we're at today, which I'm going to tell you how to get there, where we're at today, they look at me and they're like, mom, we get it. Like, we know it's not us. It's the circumstances and we forgive you. Right. And so it's, it's just, it's so beautiful that you can get to that place and it doesn't take long. So, and it's never too late. Let me throw that out there. I don't care if you're a grandma sitting out there and you've got kids with grandkids um, or with kids, um, you can always go back and make things right, right with your children, okay? What it is is taking responsibility for your actions. So before we walk into that, let's talk about when you're angry, when you're starting to feel it, you're ready to explode. Um, I have what I call SIT and PRAY, it's an acronym. So SIT, um, S is stop and separate, I is inhale, T is tune in and then pray. And if you shorten it up a little bit and go sit and pee, it gives you a good reminder. Where's the best place to go with a lock on the door typically? The bathroom, right? <laughs> You're starting to get upset. Say, I can go to the bathroom, right? Or you can just tell your kids. I, it's calm down time. This is what I tell moms, especially if been using timeout as like a consequence. Start calling it calm down time or say sit. It's time for a sit. And, and we're all just going to calm down before we do anything more. And so that's at your, at that point, mom, I want you to walk into a, a room where you can just, if you can step away for a minute. I know there's all kinds of different scenarios we could talk about, but we're just going to talk about the basics. All right. The, so the, one I'm, the one I'm imagining is the one where my kid is clinging to my leg and I'm yeah. actually peeling them off my leg. And then as I go into the bathroom, they're banging on the door. So I'm just painting a picture for this. Oh yeah. This no. Calm down time. Literally. Um, I've yeah. had a few, um, including one last week where one of my clients is Marco Poloing me and she's like, Do you hear that? He's on the other side of the door. He's screaming at me. I'm like, yep, I hear that. You know, <laughs> like, but that's better than you on the other side of that door screaming at him. All right. So um it's okay. You know, for the most part, if you can keep obviously keep your kids in a place where you know they're going to be safe, right? So separating yourself, they're going to follow you, especially the little ones. They're going to follow you to the door and they're going to bang on the door. And what I want you to do is I just want you to sit there. If you have to plug your ears, sit there, take some deep breaths and go, okay, I'm angry. This is super frustrating. It's okay that I'm angry right now. Nothing wrong with me for feeling angry. Anybody'd be angry in this moment. So you're validating how you're feeling and you're talking yourself off the ledge, okay? And you're calming down. When we get ourselves into the moment, we don't lose ourselves in rage. I can't tell you how many times I flipped out on Enya and would completely check out like out-of-body experience and come back and go, what did I just do? 
right? And so I want to keep you in the moment talking to yourself. I'm okay. I'm upset. You know, he's okay. Well, and I want to say as well, I've actually had, as you say, check out. I've had the same experience, not in rage, but in a almost like, again, it feels like an out-of-body experience. It And I look very calm. But it is again this, it's a tuning out because it's almost like my body's gone. If we're, t- if we're too tuned in, you may lose it and you may get worked up. So it's almost like somebody like is yelling at, they're screaming at me. They're having their tantrum. They're whining, pulling on my leg. And I'm, I'm breathing and I'm like, my, I've just gone somewhere else in my mind mm. and I'm not tuned in. So I'm actually not even able to really help like move forward in a healthy way mm-hmm. um, but I so I just want to bring that up because I feel like there's that like the rage part but then there's also mm-hmm. the um both of them can be the t- the tuned out where it's like I'm, yeah. I'm not here right now like mm-hmm. I'm all I'm not able to help this problem so keep right going. yeah so you're again you're just talking yourself off the ledge you're going all right validate how you're feeling when a toddler is screaming and hanging on you, that is frustrating. And that's okay to feel frustrated about, right? And the, a lot of times what happens is that feeling of anger, we feel like there's something wrong with us for that. Because kind of the world makes us feel like we can't be angry. And yeah, we shouldn't be hurting people with our anger, but we're not going to not feel anger. It's just not going to happen. We're going to feel anger. And so one of the things I talk about is I've done this um, and sometimes I still catch myself doing it and I try to not, but the fact is when you see someone upset, you go, what's wrong, right? And although your message isn't trying to come across like there's something wrong with them or feeling something negative, you're actually most likely trying to figure out how to help them. It can come across like there's something wrong with me for feeling this emotion, right? So you're just telling yourself it's okay that you're upset. And then you're, you're also inhaling. As soon as you start to feel frustrated, even if you, before you call a fit, start inhaling, start breathing. Because you, as you breathe, you're actually sending out hormones because there's a little bone in your head called a sphenoid bone. And as you're breathing, it massages your pituitary gland, which hits all the hormones like going out in your system. So that starts to calm you down. So there really is something about taking a deep breath, but take a lot. <laughs> so start breathing and talking yourself off the ledge, validating how you're feeling, and then start praying, Lord, this is frustrating, and I want to be productive through this, not destructive, right? So it's it's just that reset moment that we're going to the Lord, and we're saying, all right, I'm upset. You know, there's times that I'm sitting there separating myself trying to calm down. And I'm like, I don't want to calm down. I'm so mad. I'm so justified in how I'm feeling. And I'll just sit there and speak it out loud. And I'll be like, you know, say all the things that you shouldn't say to another person. Right. I'm just saying it to, it's usually my closet. I'm saying it to my clothes and I'm sitting there with the Lord and he's hearing me say it. And at the end, usually I'm like, Lord, forgive me for saying those things, but he knows he's, he's not, he knows why I'm saying it. And he knows I'm frustrated. Right. So then we're asking him to help us work through this productively. Then we go back to the situation, whether we exploded or we just didn't do it and we took a time out, we come back. Let's say you did, let's say you did something destructive. You come back to your kids when everyone's calm. It could be 10 minutes. It could be 
later that night, I'm not saying you separate that long, but I'm saying like you might talk about it after you've calmed down or you might talk about it at bedtime, whatever, whatever feels right for you guys. But you say, hey, you know what? It's okay that mom got angry, but it was not okay that I yelled at you. Please forgive me for how I spoke to you, right? So we come back to them before we do anything about what they might've done. We take responsibility for our actions, right? And then we can talk to them and say, what was going on for you? Whether they're justified or not, hear them out. Let them talk about it. Help them put feelings, like help them recognize what their emotions they were having. You know, it's okay that you are angry. It wasn't okay that you took the toy and hit your sister with it, right? So, you know, it's, it's, it's okay to feel angry. It's not okay to hurt other people with your anger. So we're talking through, and then us moms, you know, trying to teach our kids what's empathy, what's forgiveness. <clears throat> it's okay to teach your kids at this point, you need to say sorry, either to me for how you treated mom or to your sibling for how you treated your sibling or whatever, right? So we're showing them that. And we really, 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 especially in this day and age, we have to be teaching our kids empathy. Empathy is getting lost so quickly with social media and it just, it's, it's very sad to see, and we're getting an epidemic or a, I don't know what you call it, but of narcissists out there, they don't care about, they can't put themselves in somebody else's shoes. And that's the heart of empathy, putting yourself in somebody else's shoes and going, how does that make them feel? If I treat them this way, how would I feel if they treated me that way? And we want to talk to our kids about what that means, right? So we're teaching, it's that teaching moment. And I like to, when we're doing recovery, I like to add an element of physical touch. Maybe they're in your lap, maybe your arms are on their shoulder, giving them a hug, whatever it is. And if you have the ability and the chance, praying with them is good too. So I just gave you a lot as far as walking through the heat of the moment and recovery. I don't want moms to think I have to do all of that. I want you to just try to start implementing some of that. If it's just walking away, tell your kids. And that's one of the things that you were asking me when they follow you to the door, look at your kids and say, I'm upset. You're upset. I need to calm down. So I don't do something that hurts you. I'm going in the bathroom right now. You can sit on the other side of the door if you need to. I'm going to calm down and then we'll talk. Don't just walk away from your kids. Tell them what you're doing so they understand. You're not trying to leave them. You're trying to calm down so you don't hurt them. Right? Well, I think what I really like out of what you just shared was that um, I have done the separation from my kids. I've definitely gone to the bathroom is my favorite place, despite their ability to pick locks. Um, but what I like is that actually you gave some specific instruction for what to do for ourselves in that moment. Because I think it's easy in that moment to um, to just go on our phone and escape. Or oh, yeah. to um, or to brew on how frustrated we are with them instead of basically saying, "I love that you said to, that you were speaking it out," because I think actually it is the that verbal processing of getting things out. That's another way, like you were saying, that um, each emotion has a response. Right? Mm -hmm. Like you're sad, you're gonna cry. I actually think speaking it out and even saying like getting out the the very honest confession to God, like, I'm so angry with this person there, da, da, da. you know, like you're sharing these things, but also that's kind of that release that we're looking for. But also when we get things out of our head, 
sometimes that's where we're able to see the truth in it and realize, oh, maybe this is some of the why. I think the Holy Spirit can really work through that where we can get those things out and we can say, oh, we can have those aha moments of maybe this is why this thing happened. Maybe this is, you know, kind of, because sometimes there's things that are very easy. They're very black and white. Like you shouldn't hit this person. You shouldn't. But then there's other times where it's like, no, this is actually a very complicated um, situation or this has been a habitual thing or something that's going on that feels, you feel hopeless and it's hard because this isn't a quick fix. So as you get those things out with the Holy Spirit, it's almost like giving you a productive, um, something to do in that moment instead of just zoning out and escaping. Um, so I really like that. And then I love, um, that you shared in the recovery, all of, you know, the things we can do and starting with the apology. I think, um, whether it is with my spouse or my kids, it's owning, we often talk about even just, even if it's only 1%, owning your 1%. And when you apologize that that really brings the other person's, um, defenses down and having sincere apologies without the, um, you know, I am sorry, but da, 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 and trying to justify the whole thing, but really just sincerely apologizing is going to get you to a place of a, a solid recovery with that person, which ultimately we want is the reconciliation. And then you can always circle back later on, hours later when you're in a calm place, especially if it is a habitual trigger, right? So let's just say I was thinking about my triggers earlier and I was like, one of my triggers is being interrupted. So I'm having a conversation and my kids come running in and they interrupt me. So if I know that's a trigger, how do I talk to them at another point and say, hey, and this is what one thing we've done. And so if you have little kids, this can be a helpful thing where they come in and they put their hand on my arm. So if I'm talking, they stand beside me, they put their hand on my arm. And um, this is something that's taken a while to remind them, but they know they put their hand on my arm. I will put my hand on their arm as I'm talking that signals to them like, I see you, I hear you. And then at the first chance I get, I turn and look at them and I can talk to them. And so being able to talk about that, not in the heat of the interruption, not in the heat of the moment, that's another time we're able to actually kind of deal with that that isn't right in that um, um, moment where I'm feeling triggered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Triggers are, are, um, definitely something that we want to take a look at. And I have that free resource for you, the trigger tracker, and anyone listening can go to uh, nataliehickson.com slash ready to thrive to download it. Um, and what that does is we want to look at some of these common trigger moments and we can look at some non-common, but we're going to talk about common ones today. Like what you were talking about. Let's say you can remember a time, let's just say it was recently, right? And someone interrupted you and you looked at them and maybe later, because you wanted, didn't want to, or maybe you were talking to your husband or something, you look down and you just like kind of yell at them or you give them a nasty, like knock it off or whatever. And you just know that you use some destructive behavior there and it didn't feel good. So we want to take that and let's go to the trigger tracker and let's really look at what's going on. And I'll ask you about that certain moment, you know, what was going on for you? What needs hadn't been met for you? What hadn't been met for the other person? Um, what did you do? That's like not the fun one to fill out, but I like you to fill it out because I want you to really kind of face it. Not like 
confession time. But when we look at what we did, it's like you were talking about, man, when you're saying all these things about destructive behavior, it really sounds childish, you know? So we kind of want to face that and go, yeah, I really don't like that, right? And then it moves you into what can we do to, you know, how do you want this to work next time this happens? How would, what's a healthy way to walk through this? You know, kind of putting that up there and kind of putting that in your mind, like, yeah, I really want to walk through this in a healthier way. This is what I'd like it to look like. And we're bringing more awareness to the situations, right? And it asks you to, you know, maybe support some of the things that you're dealing with um, by looking in the word. But really, it's it's creating more awareness around our triggers to help us be in the moment. Because when we break it down, then the next time we're going through these triggers, we start to think about, oh, wait a minute, I didn't want to do it this way. I want to do it this way. And often what happens is we're just going through the motions and we're walking down our patterns, makes things, it's like yesterday, right? For instance, for me, things were out of, are out of like getting out of order. They're feeling chaotic. And I just went right back into some of my old patterns, right? And on a normal, regular day, or season, <laughs> I'm feeling a lot more like I can handle this, you know, I'm working through this, walking this, walking with God, all the things. But sometimes there's just moments that are just feeling a little extra chaotic and we'll walk down those old patterns. We can avoid most of those things on a regular daily basis when we have more awareness. But there's going to be times, whether it's PMS or something big's going on in your life, where you might back into those, some of those patterns, but then we walk to recovery and we're showing you know, our family or whoever it was, I'm sorry. And, and we're restoring and rebuilding. And like yesterday, the kids understanding, this isn't how you usually are, mom. We understand that you're overwhelmed. You know, not that they're saying it's okay that I acted that way, but they forgive me, right? So um, it's, it's just kind of constantly walking through creating awareness and how do we recover? Well, and it's funny because sometimes I think, you know, I have high expectations for my kids' behavior. And then do I have the same high expectations for my behavior? Like, I don't know if you've ever felt that way where you're like, yeah, I'm expecting you to always be like this. And, that, you know, like you have these these things of like, you're going to be in a good mood. You're going to clean your room. You're going to like, it's like, no, 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 you're, you are a real person. And so am I. And so really having um, grace for all of us as we are, growing in the fruit of the spirit. We're growing in patience. We're growing in love. We're growing in all those things. Plus we have had this pressure. And I think also just recognizing the last year and a half has been incredibly intense. Um, it's been hard on every member of our family. And so, you know, we may even find ourselves at a place where I think last year during when things really were locked down, that was probably a time where a lot of people were having anger come out right? Like it was like, we haven't, we haven't spent, and this is the case for all of my family members, like we haven't spent this much time together ever. Like we are used to dad going on a work trip, mom going on a trip, like the kids doing something, having babysitters. There was things that were happening that were like, oh, we're used to having or going to school, like times where we're separate. That has been a great rhythm for our family. And so being all together definitely made uh, some more of those things come up. It's more of that pressure. And so like I said before, it's not a bad thing. It means we, when those things come up, we actually get to learn from them. And so rather than going back to what Natalie said at the beginning, where when, you know, she would go to bed at night and feel that sense of like, 
okay, tomorrow I'm going to change. Tomorrow, um, and really, I would say both these resources of, um, you know, something like this trigger tracker where it's like, okay, how about instead of just hoping for the best and hoping that tomorrow is going to be a better day, I actually stop and I I become aware of what are the things really going on. Like, what is the actual reality? Like I said to my husband recently, uh, we are kind of at the end of August. And so we've had a full summer of just like vacation mode, ice cream, chips, like all the <laughs> things. And I said to my husband, you know, throughout this year, we really learned um, for for myself, especially like how to eat really well. And I would say I've always been a fairly healthy eater, but really moved to um, feeding my body healthy food that feels really good. And so I was saying to my husband that I've been telling people this, like I've been in this healthy place, but the reality is actually over the last few months, it's been a lot of like hot dogs and snacks and, you know, just the vacation right. kind of summer food. And so I said, what I have to do is, is face the actual reality of where I'm at, that the actual reality of where I'm at is, is not eating in a healthy place. And it doesn't mean that I won't again. And I'm, I, you know, can start today, et cetera. But sometimes we can have an ideal in our head. And I've seen this with people where it's because we want something so badly that we're like, oh yeah, I've, I've maybe been here before, or I'm hoping for it. This is who I'm going to be. But sometimes we have to face the like sobering truth of, yeah, but where am I actually at? And it's painful sometimes. Like, so if I go to the food thing, it's like, it's painful sometimes to look at the reality of like, oh, but how have you been fueling your body, Jacqueline? Like, how have you been? Um, and to go, oh, this, this is maybe not who I want to be. So similarly, like, okay, how, how have you been speaking to your kids? How have you been spending time with them? Like, whatever it might be, and not to produce shame or guilt, but just to have a real snapshot, like, where are we really at? Because then I think there is actually hope to say, oh, there's there's things we can change here. So the, the trigger tracker being the resource and the other thing, just that spending time with God. Um, I would say that has been the number one game changer for myself in terms of going from that place where with my oldest, where I was in that um, place of anger and shouting and, and um, all the things. And it was the I could recognize a huge difference each day between the days I'd woken up and spent time with God and the days where I just slept in and woke up to somebody in my face. And those were very, very different days. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, I love that you share about both of those. And I know that as you coach women, that's something that you have them do, yeah. right? That they're going to spend time with God every day. <clears throat> Yeah. I tell them, I can't change your heart. Only God can do that. You know, you got to show up for it though. <laughs> um, and one of the things too, is recognizing what I love about recovery is, you know, it's like yesterday I had recovery with my family because I was a bear yesterday. And then I get to go to the Lord and go, Hey, you know what? I really messed up yesterday. Please forgive me for how, or yesterday, whenever, forgive me for how I treated my family and thank you so much, God, for covering me with your grace. And when we take it to him, we finalize it with him, right? We can do that during sit too. We can do that whenever. God and God will forgive us. What does Jesus say? Seven times seven, 70 times seven, whatever. Like he's never gonna not forgive us. He's never going to say, Oh, 
that was your last chance. You're done, right? Once we're his, we're always his. And what I like to really help people understand too is that guilt, the enemy wants us to carry it, right? Because that's a burden. And when we're carrying our own guilt, that's like walking up to the cross with this big bag of guilt on our shoulders, looking up at Jesus and like, it wasn't enough, Jesus. I'm going to keep holding on to this. And that's sobering, right? Like he, he really spoke that on my heart. I was like, whoa, you did this so I could give this to you and you didn't deserve it. And so we get to let that guilt and shame go. We take it back to the cross and say, thank you for what you did, Jesus, so that I can be a better mom today. So I feel like that is such a great segue into, um, you mentioned this earlier, the woman who might be a grandma who feels like, yeah, but I don't have toddlers anymore. I mean, they don't even have to be a grandma, but your kids can be adults and you can feel like, I feel that sense of guilt and shame from um, when they were kids. And I wish I had known about this. I didn't know about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and because I actually think this is one of those topics we we don't even share with our closest friends sometimes because we feel this um, shame, this embarrassment, this, if I if I really told them, how I yelled at my kid or how I hit them or whatever the situation might be. And so then it really becomes this um, isolating thing that we kind of hide and bury, which again, the enemy loves. He has a field day with things that we, we keep deep down inside. Um, so what would you say to the woman who feels like it's too late? It's too late to make amends with my kids or who I was as a parent. Yeah. It's never too late. It's never too, if you're breathing right now, it is never too late to go back and say, take responsibility. You can do that recovery process I talk about with your kids, even if you didn't just blow up with them. Um, You can go back and say, you know what? I mean, just the picturing a grandma talking like a mom who's talking to a mom who has kids, right? Her daughter who has kids saying, "I, I did not know some of the things I wish I knew now, you know, when I was raising you. And there's so many things that I would take back if I could, but I can't. And I'm sorry for how I, you know, all the times I screwed up or I made you feel bad or I hurt your feelings. And if there's anything you ever want to talk about, or if we need to work through anything that you're holding on to from when you were a kid, please bring it to me. I want to help you work through that. And I want to take responsibility for that. You know, and so you're offering right there, you're making amends and you love your kiddo, even if they are 40, you know, and you want to help remedy that relationship. You want to restore that. And um, it's never too late. Often too, I'll see clients as they're working through stuff, they start to work through stuff with their parents. And that's exactly my story. When I started working through things, it pushed me, I changed and it pushed me to start digging deeper with my parents not all parents can we do this with and we that's like a whole nother podcast but not all parents can we do this with but the ones you know there's yeah I just was blessed with parents that I could go back and be like you know what this really sucked when I was a kid and it really hurt (laughs) you know it's like forcing my parents to like talk about it and and that was really good It, it was very healing for both of us in our relationships um and then again like my daughter today she knows, Enya knows what happened. Her story is not a mystery to her. She doesn't remember the abuse. And that could be because her body blocked it because that happens in trauma. And it could be the grace of God. And maybe she never will. I don't know what it is. I'm going to hope it's the second one. 
but she knows I'm she she knows exactly the story that you heard today she's heard it a hundred times from me and I've told her as you're growing as you're maturing when you if you have kids and you start to feel some of these things you start to think back anytime any of that you feel like you need to talk through something that happened when you were younger or even as a teenager bring it to me I want to take responsibility I want to work through this you're not alone and I don't expect you to carry that burden on your own and our relationship today it's it's beautiful and it's not perfect but it's it's absolutely not what I expected it to be when you look back to her and I throwing tantrums on the floor when she's two years old right God is so redemptive that's so good and I think you know so hopeful for um, women who are in the trenches right now with toddlers and the thick of it, it's, it is such a hard, hard season to keep your cool. And, um, so I hope that, um, gives hope to young moms. I hope that, um, your story of encouragement to have those conversations, even, you know, whether it's with parents or with adult children, that that also gives hope, um, you're right there. It's, it's never too late to, um, ask for forgiveness, to make amends. Um, and sometimes we can feel like this is awkward. What's the point? And that's actually one of the things I have, uh, people do in my course as well, because it is, it's so significant. And sometimes the, um, you know, with the parents who we can't talk to, sometimes it's, it's the process of forgiveness without even having the conversation. What does it look like to, to let that go and there's going to be healing there um in those situations it's really good and when when you're struggling you can't talk to your parents for whatever reason maybe they are they have a personality disorder or maybe they're not here anymore right the process of working through that forgiveness with the lord and not having to take it to those people um empathy looking at their past what was it like for them when they grew up you know and having empathy for them. Um, there's a quote that I heard, I was listening to a sermon the other day um, by a guy named Robert Madu, and his, uh, it was funny, it just popped up on my um, YouTube and it was called The Cost of Going Off. I didn't even realize that he was gonna talk about anger, but um, <laughs> he was referring to a book called Parenting from the Inside Out. And he said, parenthood can and will trigger the unprocessed emotions from your childhood. And um, it's funny, again, as, you know, Natalie and I have been chatting and and uh, a lot of this connects a lot to um, my Tangled course. That's something that I often say to people as well is, I know this is going to sound silly, but we may have to go back to some childhood wounds here. And I never mm-hmm. thought I'd say stuff like that. But it's true. There are things that... Um, going back to the seed analogy, things that have just been planted that have grown. And so it's going to the root of those things. And we don't go there alone. We go there with the Holy Spirit. He lets us know what's going on and then he helps uproot them. And so we can live in this place where we're light and free. It doesn't mean things don't still come up. It doesn't mean things don't still come at us. Um, But we're generally living at this base level that is, it is light it is free. It is exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit, not um, because of us, but because the Holy Spirit is living in and through us. Um, Natalie, I'd love for people to know how they can 
connect with you. There may even be some people who are like, um, I need more than this podcast. I need <laughs> uh, possibly your trigger tracker or even working with you. How can people find you? Because you're not on social media. So yeah. uh, I'm not going to send them there, but I want to send them <laughs> to you. Yes. Um, I have, I, I quit social media in January. There's still an account up. People still try to follow, I think, but I just use it to go back and grab some old writing. So I'm not actually on there, <laughs> um, but I'm over at nataliehickson.com and that's H-I-X-S-O-N. And where can they get the trigger tracker again? Yeah, nataliehickson.com slash ready to thrive. And that's just a free downloadable resource. Yep, absolutely. Cool. Well, thank you, Natalie. This has been a great conversation. I hope that this has given um, some of you hope and um, wherever you are at. And uh, I trust this has helped you move one step closer to thriving. Can I just say thank you for listening? This space has been incredibly encouraging for me this past year. And as I am being deeply encouraged by these conversations, I trust you are as well. And I'm not going to ask you to rate the show or subscribe, but I am going to ask if while you were listening today, a friend popped into your mind and you thought, hmm, I think they could use this encouragement. Can I ask you to share this episode with them, with one person? When I listen to podcasts on my phone, there are three little dots at the bottom right and I click there to share. Also, can I say sometimes I don't share with others as I'm worried about what they'll think of me if they think I'm bugging them by sharing something, but when someone shares something with me, I am never bothered. Often it is the exact thing I needed to hear. So if someone popped into your mind, click those three little dots and share this encouraging conversation with them. And thank you for listening to Ready to Thrive.